0: All right, TJ. It's the Super Bowl edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. I'm Martin Weiss, and I'm joined here with you know most of the time I would announce him as you know former NFL player, former Pro Bowler, Cincinnati Bengal legend, but I think today I have to announce him as philanthropist. TJ Huesmanzada. Oh, I mean, just in the last—I mean, you've been so busy this last couple weeks. I barely had a chance to catch up with you and talk to you. Because, I mean, I talked to you one day, you're calling the league office trying to get this old man into the Super Bowl. The next day, you're at a, uh, you're at a, you're at a school for an entire school day, mentoring children about the importance of education. I mean, TJ, what don't you do?
1: <laughs> nah, man, I'm just trying to, uh, if I can help, just help. That That's pretty much by nature. I feel like I'm a nice person by nature. I feel like uh, if I can help you, that I will. And and that's just how I am. You actually were uh, the first person outside of my wife that knew what I was doing. Yeah. Because we were supposed to record and I was like, hey, (laughs) I gotta get on the phone and do X, Y, Z. And so, yeah, you were the first person. But the crazy thing is, Martin, I didn't, I finalized it that day. Yeah. I hadn't told anyone. And so uh, the fact that it got out there, um, I, I know now how it got out, but it was, uh, mm. I was just doing it to help them out, really. And I'm glad I was able to do that. And you now You mean I to tell me a, I could have
0: broke that story? That's what right. I hear from that. That's what I hear from that. I, yeah. I didn't break the story because I was like, yo, it's what TJ's doing. I'll be I, honest
1: with you. I didn't think it was a story.
0: Just in the future, next time you're going to do something like that, could you just tell your pal Martin, who's trying to make a name for himself in this journalism business, maybe I could have a scoop on TJ Usman's eyes Security. It's a. It's a thing every Super Bowl.
1: Well, not every Super Bowl, because there's a lot you of know, them I could have gave you the scoop on a guy that was retiring. I'll start doing that. Start I, doing
0: that. I mean, I thought we were friends. First, you know, that's what I, it is. I, I did, first, I did, you don't you. You, you turn down tickets for me to the Super Bowl, first of all. And then you give them to, I get it, you give them the Asian and roman whatever. Okay, if I was 87 you turn down again, then we really have to fight. But, I mean, geez, TJ, what What, what more do I need from you? What, what, what more can I
1: give you? I didn't know you wanted to be the breaking news guy, now that I know. Any news that I have that is of importance, um, I'm going to send it to my guy Martin. Then. There we go. Hopefully, in the future, I'll have some news I can give you.
0: I mean, I just, you know, can I get a source to say? You know what I mean? I, I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I need to be chef. I don't want to break all the news, but I want to break some of the news,
1: a little it. bit of the news. We, you know we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make it work. We'll make it work.
0: You know, it's like being a receiver. I don't want to go over the middle all the time. I don't mind it. I'll do what I need to do. I'll get what needs to get done. But the day that you were calling in to the NFL office, I said, TJ, boy, that's a tough day because Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington had tweeted out just about 15 minutes prior that Tom Brady had retired. From the NFL, it's, Brady had pretty much refuted it. So I imagine that Park Avenue would have been a little busy.
1: That's just. The yeah, they weren't thing. worried about OTJ.
0: Yeah, well, that was the second biggest thing that uh, was going down that day. But I wanted to talk to you about the retirement because at this point, now you have Brady retired. And now he's saying, well, never say never. You're talking to Jim Gray. What was retirement like for you? When you retired, did you have these moments of
1: like, man, I really wish I could get back out there? Yes. Yeah. So, it's really, it's really now, no, for Brady now. It's once training camp starts, you're going to be like, man, I'm normally doing this. Yeah, I should be doing something right now. When yeah. the, it's when the games start, when you start watching football. You actually really, you miss the competition. You miss being in the locker room. You miss the game plan. There's just so many different things. And so he's going to miss that part of it as soon as the season starts. And you'll start to feel, he's been doing, he, he, he did it for so long, like training camp for the last half of my life. I've done this at this time. His whole life has been on, and that's what people don't realize too, is your life is on an itinerary right and it's eight o'clock meeting eight 45 walkthrough uh another meeting at nine whatever it may be and so you're on an itinerary now that itinerary is no longer and so it will take some time to get used to but he for sure will miss it that's a fact
0: yeah, so I think it's interesting the way he's coming out and saying that. Uh, well, I should say t- I take that back. I don't think it's interesting. I hope he doesn't come back, and I hope that he, we don't have to have this conversation for the next six months. But I know how the way the world works. We'll be talking about whether or not Tom Brady will return to football for the next three years. But what I find interesting, and the thing that I think still has credence to Brady at least returning, is when he retired. It wasn't his fault that they lost the game. He was at the top. He was in top five quarterback in a lot of statistical categories, depending on your flavor of what you like. You, I put it like this: nobody wanted to see Tom Brady down four with uh with with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Right now, in twenty twenty one, nobody wanted to see that. Ben Roethlisberger didn't care. Whatever. Those are the two guys who retired this year. I think that means something in terms of like Brady coming back and maybe feeling scratching that itch. Because physically he could still go it's just uh, the mental aspect and then it also seems to be like the family aspect are the things that's really holding him back
1: yeah i really believe uh it's more family aspect than anything i, I just don't for God guy that said he wanted to retire at the age that he said and then oh, i'm retiring like it was just abruptly I believe it was something in his family life that he was just like, all right, I'm done. I, I truly believe it. But he had a great career. What else do you have to prove aside from uh, keep making it harder for somebody to equal you? I yeah, mean,
0: I mean, and that's that's really where you're at with it right now, right? I was trying to think of a comparison, and he's really the Wilt Chamberlain of the NFL when you think about it. Some of his stats – in terms of the, uh, like, you know, Will and obviously, like, Will had the, all the points, all the rebounds, all the, like, but when you, just the idea that some of the, like, whenever you're doing NBA stats off the times, you just have to be, like, excluding Will because he was the best at all. So Or he had just had the highest percentage or whatever. It's like, well, now we're going forward. I'm sitting there watching TV this morning. And they're talking about Joe Burrow. And it's like, the closest comp is Brady, but that's not even fair. Right. It's like it's it's not it's like something that we shouldn't even like nobody would come in and say a second year player is like compared to Wilt Chamberlain
1: in the way that he's playing because because his stats are so far away. Burrow's in a Super Bowl. Burrow wins it. Then they say, ah, okay. but so was Patrick Mahomes, you know, it's it's harder, man. This game of football. Eleven guys got to be on the same page on one side of the ball at all times. Um, for year after year, after year, after year, after year. And that's hard to do.
0: Well, we just did not see all 11 guys on the same side of the ball, uh, together on one side of the ball in Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. Now, I just wanted to touch on this because it was driving me crazy, and I heard, you know, we've obviously had the entire discourse over this game was, what, 10 days ago now, but I don't give a damn, because I want to ask T.J. Hustonzada this question. All second half, the Bengals are dropping eight in the coverage. They couldn't get home with four, so they said, forget it. We're going to stop trying to get home with four. We're just going to rush three and drop another one. Everybody is talking about how Patrick Mahomes choked away the second half. And I'm not here to say that he did not play great. I'm not here to say he didn't play well. But isn't there, isn't there a very simple answer to how to solve eight men in coverage? And it's called run the ball.
1: You can run the ball or you can throw something short. But the Chiefs are a get-down-the-field type of team. The first half was so easy for them. Possession one, touchdown. Possession two, Touchdown. Possession three, touchdown. Possession four is when I felt the game changed. And I tweeted that, Martin, as soon as he did not kick the field goal, I said, This is going to come back and bite Andy Reid in the ass. He got cocky. It was too easy. He went for the touchdown and left three points on the board. And the flow of the game in the first half for the Chiefs was so easy. They were getting whatever they wanted. And I think they felt it was going to be that way the entire game. They didn't adjust, and the, and the Bengals did. We, Andy Reed, when he was at Philly, how many NFC championship games did he go to? Four. And he can get you, he has to understand, like, people are going to adjust and instead of we're going to do what we do, you got to adjust as well. That's just what it is. They didn't do it. But I had the Bengals. Once they didn't get that uh, field goal at the end of the first half, I truly felt like I said, the Bengals are going to come back and win this game. That, that's what I felt because it's a national football league. You, you can't get cocky and think it's just going to be a cakewalk the entire game. Not in the AFC championship game at that.
0: Yeah, it looked like uh, the Chiefs went for the knockout punch and slipped and fell, right? Nah. And it's it like that's really what happened. Like they went for the knockout, they slipped and fell, and all of a sudden we got a big
1: fight. The Chiefs now we got the to back in action. That all they try to do is knock you out instead of just win the fight on points.
0: I'll say, I actually I said this to Dave and and Sal early in the year, and I, they kind of laughed at, me, but I think it beared out to be true. The thing with the Chiefs, they reminded me of the Golden State Warriors. Um, Towards the end of the run, where they weren't the same team um, in terms of offensive efficiency. Their bench had the, they were missing like the Sean Livingston and Godallers, three years older. Now, don't get me wrong, they could still go for a 40-point quarter, but there was a lot of more like 18, 20-point quarters in between those 40-point quarters than there were. Now, but that doesn't mean they can't ever just not snap and go off of 40, but it's not something that, it's not like you're operating under a situation in which you have to score a on every single drive because the other team is going to. Um, and I just think that's, I think if you were playing Kansas City that way this year, uh, you were probably playing them the wrong way. But you talked about Andy Reid. This guy is now the first coach to go to eight championship games, four in the AFC and four in the NFC. Is he a Hall of Famer just off of that? Or is he going to be more remembered for not being able to get over the hump and get to Super Bowls and 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 you know he got the one, but is you, you just you know what I'm saying is he is he a permanent third placer?
1: Andy Reid, at least for me, will always be one of the best coaches to coach. He he will be, and the success he's had. How many coaches would trade in their career for his? <laughs> of them, would they not? Right. And and so he's one of the best coaches the National Football League has ever seen. He he gets the best out of his players. He develops them. They do a good job. But ultimately, he is who he is. And you saw that in Philly. We're seeing that in Kansas City. He's going to do some great things, but there's going to be a lot of times where he comes up short because he is who he is. And
0: so with that, I have a question for you. Patrick Mahomes already has one. Over, under two and a half Super Bowl rings for Patrick Mahomes in his career. Over, under? You're asking me to give you the over, under? Yeah, I'm saying, do you, think, do you think he'll have more or less, by the time he retires, more or less than two and a half
1: Super Bowl rings? Less. I t- I tend to think so too. I think he'll win another Super. I think he'll win one more. He'll have two, but two and a half. That AFC bro is loaded, man. They loaded with good quarterbacks and good teams. The okay. Raiders going to bounce back with Lamar. The Chargers and Herbert, the Patriots and Mac Jones, the Bills and Josh Allen. You never let's see what Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson can do um, in year 2. If Cleveland can figure it out, the Steelers are always going to be good if they can get a QB. And so, man, that AFC is, is that's not a joke. Not a joke. Let, let Denver get Aaron Rodgers. Oh, not a joke. It's not, man, it's tough sledding.
0: I think that when you look back at the AFC dominance that the Chiefs had over the last four years, and you look at the moments that, that uh they should have had it's easy to point back at the super super bowl against the bucks but i mean they had they had injuries and injuries are a part of football right and this is you got injuries at the wrong time i think the one if you look back the one that really would haunt them the most is that afc uh championship game you got brady in arrowhead you line up offsides that essentially is the game and you walk in, you think that Super Bowl versus McVay versus, uh, versus Andy Reid probably still have McVay doing the same type of overthinking and overcoaching that he had
1: Super Bowl. Uh, was hey, it, you it? remember? you remember who it was that lined up off sides? Ford. His career has not been the same since that play. I mean, he's just been running or crawling uphill. His career has not. Since that play, they sent him to the Niners. We haven't heard of him. Yeah, I mean, it's really it seems
0: to happen to some guys like after like a big like a big blunder, they just, you know, kind of disappear. The number one guy I think of is Brandon Boston, who wasn't a player of D Ford's uh, D Ford's uh, caliber. But I mean, I don't even think that that man lives in the United States anymore. They might have sent him to to, to south of the border uh after
1: after he dropped that onside kick man <laughs> i remember man hey it, it ain't it ain't for everybody man the, the pressure of it and it gets coaches you look at the bills against the chiefs the pressure got to their coaches man you look at the bucks against the Ram, the pressure got to their coaches it's not just the players either i mean it goes both ways well it's enough talking about what used to happen let's talk about what
0: will soon because one guy who seems to be unflappable to this aforementioned pressure that you just mentioned Joe Burrow I mean and the Cincinnati Bengals it's really a show to me when he took that nine sack game I'm just like all right he may not be the best quarterback out here he may not be the fastest May I had the strongest arm may not, may not be the most accurate although he's he's I'm not saying he's not athletic, that he doesn't have a strong arm, that he's not accurate. I'm just saying you probably find guys that do that; those individual things a little bit better than what he does. But that whole package right there—that's a football player, and that's you know. I just I've, we've been high on early this year, and this playoffs has just validated our takes on, on on the quarterback of the Bengals. Really,
1: man. I don't. We haven't seen anything like this. And people go, Oh, we've seen this. With break. We haven't seen a guy no, no. in his second year have the type of success that he's had. But, 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 let's put this in perspective. We give these quarterbacks too much credit, Martin. We give them too much credit. And then I'm going to give you examples. Joe Burrow has really good players that he's playing with. Would you oh, agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, Uzama, that defense has played well. I mean, it just and just even just look at the
0: draft capital, right? T. Higgins is a second round pick. Jamar Chase obviously was a first round pick. Joe Burrow, the number one pick in the draft. Joe Mixon, a first round pick. You know, like the Bengals. Or Joe Mixon oh, well, was a second round, but he would have been a first round he if he been had. Been the yeah, problem
1: he at Oklahoma. But this is the thing about the Bengals. People always want to go, oh, they cheap. Oh, they this. Oh, they that. You know what the Bengals do well? What's that they draft? Well, they found yours truly late in the draft. They drafted Chad in the second round. They drafted Rudy Johnson in the fourth round. Like they draft well. And the thing is, when a quarterback does not have weapons, Trevor Lawrence, you start to say, is he as good as we thought he was? Trevor Lawrence was just one of the best quarterbacks the league has supposedly seen in years and years and years. And now after his rookie, everybody is saying, uh, is Trevor Lawrence really this good? You know why they say that? He doesn't have weapons around him. He doesn't have the help that Joe Burrow has. And so Joe has played well. But Let's put it in perspective, man. If he doesn't have those skill guys, I'm not so sure he has this type of season. It's not, I'm not so sure. I know for a fact he doesn't. Well, I mean, of course he's got, I mean. And this is my point, Martin. This is my point is these people in the media, because it's these people, they put these quarterbacks on a pedestal. And that's not the case. Because when a quarterback doesn't play well, all they ever say is he doesn't have the help he needs. And then as soon as you give him that help, it's all quarterback. Tell me that's not how it goes. No, I'm I'm not disagreeing
0: with you, but what I am saying is that I think that what you've seen from him in this playoff run is not what you see out of a general. Like this is not some level where it's. Uh, uh, I, I feel like he's the tide rising off every boat. Like I'm not trying to be like it's some level where like uh, like kind uh, of thing like a Jimmy Garoppolo for example, where he's if he's not along for the ride, he's holding the back right. Like, and I don't think that Joe Burrow is that. Like I think. Even though he may not – he's not nearly no, he's not style. along
1: for the ride. He is a big part of the ride. But what I'm saying is I'm just a realist. I, I understand the game of football. If you have a good O-line, good skill guys, good defense, you're going to have a good year as a quarterback. And if you don't, you're probably not. But if you know this,
0: Ari, if you know football, if you don't have a good quarterback, you probably don't have a good team regardless of all of the other stuff. Man, listen. Now you, you, now you have a decent team, which I mean, there's a ceiling, right? Where did Blake Bortles
1: take Jacksonville? To the ceiling of the AFC Championship. Would you say Blake Bortles is a good quarterback? No, but I would say. That okay, was hold funky. up. So then, how did they get that far? They had a great defense, they had a good team, right? Yeah. And so Blake Bortles looked like he could play, he got a nice deal after that. The team faltered. Oh, so did Blake Bortles. I mean, I don't never. Th- I don't. I would never other the opinion
0: that Blake Bortles could play. Now I think Jared, that certain- Goff, Jared Goff took the Rams to the Super Bowl. Another guy I never thought could play, and I was he actually took surprised the Rams when they Rams paid. Super
1: Bowl got a big deal. And what happened after that? The talent around them kind of dropped a little bit. And they let Roger Saffle went to Tennessee. The offensive line, and he wasn't the same quarterback. Like I'm telling you, man. Like every position is important, and just so much emphasis has been put on the quarterback position. As good as Aaron Rodgers is, you get to the playoffs. I don't have anybody but Devontae. (laughs) I can't win. All right, but Aaron Rodgers was also missing some of those other guys that he
0: says he doesn't have. Like Greg Lazard was – or Alan Lazard was wide open a bunch of times. Like, he doesn't but, trust
1: I, Alan Lazard.
0: But I, All right, but don't tell me that – don't tell me that it's not – don't tell me there's not a guy open out there. Like, if you throw too many drops, it then I, I, yeah, I get it.
1: But I'm just I, – But I don't I, I'm know, not going to throw it to him because there's times where I have tried to trust him, and I just don't. That's just what it is. But Joe has guys that he trusts. The moral of the story is the quarterback position is important, but it is not, and will never be. This ain't the NBA, man. I can't get a ball to LeBron and say go win the game. Hey, go win. Like it's it's not the NBA football. It's eleven guys, and that's what makes it the best sport in the world. Because we all got to be on the same page, and if we are not, I could win my route, killing touchdown. Linemen get beat. No touchdown. Lineman can have great protection. I don't get open, sack. Or okay, so what about it. what
0: about when the lineman didn't have great protection, you got sacked nine times and never flinched? Like I, That's what I'm saying. I'm not, it's not that we're no, saying. No, no, like-
1: and, and You know what you do? You go to that defense and say, that's a hell of a job. You guys held him to 16 points. That's what you do, defense.
0: All right. All right. I'll, all right. No, I will give any credit at all to Joe Burrow. My fault. no. I, no. I didn't mean
1: to offend him. No, he deserves it. But what I'm saying is I believe we're giving these quarterbacks way too much of the credit, but they also take way too much of the blame. It's a little bit of both.
0: I mean, I don't, it, to me, it seems like he's a clear, like, culture setter. And it, it, while he's not the most athletic player on the team, like, I think you, that would probably go to Jamar or Joe Mixon. It seems to me that the way that they talk about him the way that that they look like they follow him around. It looks like he's, they would following him into battle. I don't know what else to put it. I don't know. It may all sound cliche to somebody who actually played football, but it just seems like they go as he goes. And if he's not, if, if I would be the most concerned of anything, if, 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 if I lost one starter from my offense and that, and that Cincinnati offense with 1455 left in the first quarter of this game coming up, that would be the number one. I'd be the most concerned about obviously. Like, I think that's an obvious, like, I don't know. That's,
1: a, I don't even think that's a hot take. No, you need the quarterback, but you need everybody to go along with him. Because you could have the best quarterback in the world if you guys can't get open. Why do you think Brady wanted to go to Tampa? He said, oh, man, they got guy winning Evans. I can do work with them. Let's go. All right. Before we break into some of these quick position
0: groups, I want to ask you about some, some of the matchups in specific. Let's take a quick break. So like you were just saying, these guys are going to be have to get open for Joe Burrow and for Matthew Stafford. There, are, there is another quarterback and another offense in this game. I think one of the biggest matchups in this game is going to be the Rams defensive backs versus the Bengals wide receivers and how they choose to cover both Jamar Chase and deal with the other side of the equation with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. They've been talking about they're going to isolate Jalen Ramsey. On uh, on on Jamar Chase and leave him one on one. Uh, That sounds good to me in theory, but I just have this memory of Jalen Ramsey chasing after Mike Evans in the end and the you know in Tom Brady's last game, Tom Brady's last touchdown pass. Jalen Ramsey got cooked for it, and that's just that's just what I keep thinking about. I don't know, I don't know. TJ, you play wide receiver, have a history of cooking defensive backs. What do you think about this?
1: If we get that matchup as fans, that's gonna be something to see. Jalen Ramsey's not gonna shut him down. It's just it's it's that it's hard. You you can't be as handsy, you, you can't get his physical. And Jamar Chase is strong, bro. Like, dude is is built like a tank. Like he he's a strong guy. So you're not just gonna knock him off his spot. Um, that physicality he can match and, and he can run. And so I hope we do get to see this matchup. That's not how the Rams play, and so I don't foresee that being how they will play this game. But I'm sure they'll match up at times. But I don't believe it will be exclusively.
0: Yeah, I, I can't imagine that they'll do it exclusively either. One of the things that I just find so interesting as well is the how good Joe uh, his numbers are against man pressure, right? So against man, the, so the idea that you may sound great to just isolate Jalen Ramsey on Jamar Chase, but depending on what you're doing on the backside of that defense, that may not be the best way for the Rams to win the game, right? Because if you're if you just have Higgins and Boyd running on the backside of the formation, just going nuts left uh, against you know the the, the 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 other side corner and the uh, nickel corners, that that sounds like it could be a recipe for disaster. I mean, especially, like we talk about Eric Weddle, he's been out there. He, he was on the couch four weeks ago. On Jan, he celebrated New Year's Eve like us, and now he's playing in the Super Bowl.
1: Eric Weddle's a smart player. And so if I think better than you think and I react quicker than you react, obviously that's going to help me. And so Eric Weddle, Eric Weddle just ha- he has the brain. And it's not like he doesn't have the ability. Um, th- This game, man, is uh, – interesting Joe and the Cincinnati Bengals they do very well when they get single high coverage and so that if the Rams play and the Rams don't play a lot of single high that will be interesting because they'll they'll play it every team mixes it up but the Bengals and Joe struggle with two high looks whether it's cover two cover four cover six whatever it may be you give them single high They feast on that, and I'm sure the Rams see and know that, and so that's why I don't think we'll see Ramsey matched up with Jamar entirely the whole game because they put Ramsey in a slot because he can impact the game more out of the slot more so than outside. Yeah,
0: I I think so too. I think that'll probably be what the the matchup makes sense to me, and it just seems that it looks – it just seems like that doesn't make the most sense. Like it seems like it would be a great highlight. It'd be a great story, you know. But it, you know, it's it's like LeBron saying he wants to guard Kevin Durant for for seven games straight. It's like we we're gonna need you to score on the other side too, buddy. Like you can't like we need some other things to happen, and it just seems like not the best way to allocate your defensive resources. All of that shit might not matter though, because if the Rams' defensive line can get through the Bengals' offensive line, like you said earlier. Doesn't matter who's covering who because Joe's gonna be on the ground. Um, what do you think about the Rams defensive line versus the Bengals offensive line and and really specifically passing and running the ball? Because I think that's two different things that needs to be talked about.
1: Uh the Rams D-line is gonna present a problem. You give up nine sacks at Tennessee. I believe they gave up, they've given up 12 sacks, I believe, this entire postseason. The Bengals, that's quite a bit. But nine came in one game, so that can be skewed. The Rams have this reputation for not being a good run defense. They're top five. <laughs> Guess they're just not a good run defense when they play the 49ers. But everybody else, right. they not do a good job of stopping a run. And so that, to me, is the matchup of the game. Can the Bengals' offensive line just slow them down? Just slow them down. You're going to have to be aggressive throwing the ball on first down. But that's a tall task, man. You got Aaron Donald. You got Von Miller. You have Leonard Floyd. And you have an offensive line from the Bengals that they just don't put up a lot of resistance when it comes to stopping guys from rushing their quarterback the best bet, you, you got to do what you do. The Bengals are a throwing team. You got to do what you do. You got to come out throwing it. You just got to hope the old line can hold up. Mix in the run where you can get some chunk plays out of that. But this is going to be the matchup of the game. Can the Bengals offensive line slow down? Because you're not negating It's too many of them. Slow down that pass rush.
0: Yeah, and uh, and the biggest way to do that, I think, is to get out, try to get out to an early lead, right? Because it's hard to uh, I was hearing another, it's hard to rush the passer when you're up by 14 points, or when you're when the other team's up by 14, you're just running the ball and they're only throwing the ball in very advantageous spots. It's gonna be a very interesting matchup to see. I think those are the two that really are the most interesting. Anyway, you got the Rams and their offensive line versus Trey Hendrickson and the Bengals' defensive line. Trey Hendrickson's been one of the better sack leaders in the NFL, and we know Eli Apple more for his tweets than his play. And Jesse Bates makes a few plays, but this Bengals' defense is is, is mostly anonymous in terms of, you know, quote-unquote, big-name players. Uh, I know he had a Wuzier, uh, who's a former Dallas Cowboys, is a cornerback, and then Logan Wilson, that linebacker. But again, these are guys that I know because I watch this league, and have no other hobbies or, or passions. Or really, it's kind of sad. But you know, if you're if you have a life and a real job, you probably
1: you may not know who these Bengal players are. Trey Henderson, Sam Hubbard. They've had five and a half sacks so far. in The playoffs, I believe, twenty quarterback pressures between the two. It's pretty good. They can put pressure on a quarterback. DJ Reader up front for the Bengals defensive tackle is stout. Very good run player. The Bengals are going to be presented challenges just just from the how are they going to deal with the pass? But Zach Taylor was the assistant receiver coach for the Rams. And then he went to the quarterback position coaching. He knows this offense runs through 10, Cooper Cup. Yeah, Take him away, force Stafford to throw the ball to OBJ and others because he's going to want to get Cooper Cup involved. If you key on Cooper Cup, it's quite possible, very possible, that you'll get interception. Stafford's going to throw the ball to you twice. You just got to intercept him. You just got to catch him. And so, to me, that that will be the key because Cooper Cup's gonna get at least. Would you agree? Ten to fifteen targets this game. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'll say. Well, I I would, I would say
0: yes, uh, depending on what the defense does. But as I think about it, yes, regardless,
1: because Stafford is gonna throw that ball that way at least ten times. No matter what the defense. Is. You got. You got a key on him, and when he throws it to you, you gotta catch it. So, TJ,
0: it's interesting because it's the Super Bowl. It's one game. However, I mean, obviously, I'm playing. Of course, I'm gambling on this game. You got me. And you know I'm not. (laughs) you know I'm not. Yeah, okay. Well, you know what? People like me like to have a little skin in the game, like to have a little bit of fun. So for my lemon pepper parlay, I'm going to take a Joe Mixon anytime touchdown, and then Jamar Chase anytime touchdown. That pays out at plus 346 right now. I think if the Bengals win, that's the path to victory, I th- and I think that's the way that they're – either way, hell, even if they don't win, that's the way they're going to try to score. That's the way they're going to try to line it up. They're both right now at plus 100 and plus 110, and it adds up to plus 350, lock it in. That's my lemon pepper parlay.
1: Well, let me start off by saying this, Okay. At the start of the season, you know who I had winning the Super Bowl before the season started. Do you recall?
0: Yeah, I think you picked the Los Angeles Rams.
1: I picked the Los Angeles Rams before week one. Last yeah, the Rams year, and the Bills. Yeah. Last year, I was the Bucks and the Chiefs with the Bucks winning it. I'm like, damn. It looks like I can go two for two picking a Super Bowl winner before the season actually started. But then Cincinnati makes the Super Bowl. And I've told it's hard for me, Mark, because my heart is with the Bengals, because when people hear my name, they think Cincinnati Bengals. And so with me picking the Rams, I'm like, I'm about to be right twice. I didn't What's think- that work. I didn't think the Bengals would have the type of year that they had. And so, man, you know me, man, I got to roll with my team. Um, and, and, again, I may be picking with my heart over my head. I'm going to take the Bengals. I think it would be somewhat of a defensive struggle because the Bengals have shown us that they can make adjustments. They uh-huh. played the Chiefs twice and in both games. They held the Chiefs at three points in the second half. That's what you call adjustments to an offense that can really do work. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals, and I believe the over-under is 48. I'm going to take the under. That's my limit, pepper, parlay, lock of the week. And then I know I'm I'm straddling the fence. I'm on both sides. And if the Rams win, I'm going to say, hey, I told you they was going to win before the season started. Okay, <laughs>
0: all right. That that that's the only way I can allow you to say you won both ways, right there. Because if you tried <laughs> to come over here, say some Rams money line, but Bengals plus four type of foolishness, TJ. I was gonna drive, I was gonna be very upset. I don't know what I was gonna do, but just now I was about to make an empty threat. But <laughs> in any event, TJ, your team's in the Super Bowl. Uh, you got your 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 home team, the Cincinnati Bengals. And your home team, the Los Angeles Rams, as we both now reside in Los Angeles, California, are both having the Super Bowl about three minutes from where I live. So I'm going to actually be leaving Inglewood to go to Hollywood on Friday just to try to avoid some of this madness, which I imagine is going to be happening in my backyard. But TJ, good luck this weekend. I'm, I'm looking hey, I forward just to want the, I
1: just want a good game, Mark. That's all I want, baby. A good game some enjoyable to watch because then after this weekend it's like i don't want to talk about it no <sighs> nah, it's like ah oh man we ain't gonna have football for a long time after this weekend
0: it's just it's it's basketball which is just not it's it is not, it's not this very much it's like I, it's like i say it's like turkey bacon it's just a, it's all it's an alternative but it's definitely not the same
1: turkey bacon is better than regular bacon
0: all right, we're signing off for this. All right, that's it. That's the the Love Pepper Parlay. Goodbye.